Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My name is Rennie Edo-Lodge. About four years ago, I wrote these words and my life changed forever. I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Not all white people, just the vast majority who refuse to accept the legitimacy of structural racism and its symptoms. The blog post became the book, and the the book sparked a national conversation. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. Today's guest is Rennie Edo-Lodge. Hi, it's Satya. And I'm Imri. And we're Melanin Millennials. This week's guest is <laughs> Miss Rennie Edo Lodge. This is a surprise Hello, episode Rennie. of It's Not a Race. I sat down with Rennie Edo Lodge. You know- that was unexpected and interesting. But I've always been very wary of being seen as the sole representative of a vast and wide ranging anti racist movement. So in this podcast, we're going to keep up the conversation. I want to know about where we once were, where we are now, and if literally anything has changed. Welcome to About Race with Remy Edo Lodge. Tune in on the 22nd of March. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Radio Public, or your favourite podcast app. Watch out for updates on aboutracepodcast.com. This series is funded by Arts Council England. Hello Slackers, I hope you are all very good. Uh, My name is Phil Taggart, this is the Slacker Podcast and this is the place that you come to listen to me chat to some incredible artists and they play their demos no matter how good, amazing shit on the fence we are about them we get to hear about that artist in their sort of rawest earliest form and this week is no different we have the almighty bring me the horizon on the podcast this week uh we've got a really i mean if you've just got into bring me the horizon recently maybe you got in on ammo their uh new record 
you'll not recognize this band because the band that they started out and the band they are now are two different bands completely um anyway uh, just before we get into the podcast i just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has purchased uh, a copy of my book phil taggart slacker guide to the music industry is uh, available to order now all you have to do is go to philtaggartslacker.com and you can order the book there or if you just type my name into Amazon, you'll find it there as well. If you make music or if you know anybody who makes music and they're just like, you know, trying, or trying their best, but sometimes falling short, then this might be the book for them. I've done so many interviews, so many incredible people like Run the Jewels and Slaves and Biffy Clyro and Nao and Little Sims. And then I just kind of tracked down all of the music industry people that I really liked and that I've worked with maybe on my record label uh, before and yeah it's it's all in there like I've really tried to pack it in I've tried to make it the bible for new bands and you can go check it out buy a copy please if you if you want um you can buy a physical copy or an ebook at philtaggartslacker.com and the adverts don't stop there because this week's podcast is sponsored by beer 52 we have partnered up with them to give you a free case of beer and I mean how sound is that? Pretty much the sound as you get. Beer52.com forward slash slacker. Type that in and get your free beers. And all you have to do is pay for the packaging. So that's £5.95. Beer52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer. Uh, and this month, Beer52 and Ferment have teamed up together with Citizens of Everywhere Project to bring you 12 world-class collaborations showcasing the very best of UK and eu uh, i really wanted to make uh, an eu pun because I, I i made one last week and i thought yeah that was that was pretty good but uh, i really should i really should plan this before i this intro before i go shouldn't i so i can get some good punnage in there anyway if you like dark beers if you like light beers uh they've got the lot you can choose between them you can just have dark beers you can just have light beers and you try your first case for free just go to beer52.com forward slash slacker and pay £5.95 for your postage and packaging. And you get eight beers and a snack. Don't know what the snack is. I would assume something salty like pretzels. So this week's podcast sponsored by Beer52 and Phil Taggart's Slacker Guide to the Music Industry. Let's hit play on that podcast right now. This is Bring Me to the Horizon in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen people of the jury <laughs> i give you bring me the horizon hello guys all right hello how's how's getting on not bad uh, yeah. yeah really good mate thanks i mean we're in a, like a posh area of london i've never been before it's like all the new buildings and overpriced coffees and everybody seems like they're in we don't even know areas. where we are we've been yeah, going we're out in a black <laughs> blacked out windows <laughs> all day yeah. yeah this this could kind of be anywhere like there, there's just like loads of curtains and stuff so, do you know what it, it's good because like normally where i do the, the podcast is like a dungeon studio in the middle of soho so yeah. okay. it's nice nice to get out and about every once in a while you out for once yeah exactly yeah. They let me out yeah, cool. how's how's life at the minute i suppose like it's all mad hectic with the brand new record and all yeah. the rest of it yeah busy but all good stuff yeah it's <laughs> nice to have some stuff we had a good amount of time off over christmas so yeah it's just nice to be back i took like i took two weeks off over christmas which is like the most i've had off and fuck i don't know like donkeys after 10 days of any time off i go spare my head like doesn't know where to be at like yeah i get a bit like that itchy feet yeah kind of yeah 
it's nice to do nothing for a month as well. Are you though, willing, can you can you switch off? Are you one of those people that can like sit on the beach and just like lay there and like read a book and just do nothing? Not really. I mean, I can if 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 that's actually on the table. <laughs> <laughs> if there's actually things that need answering and, and doing and stuff, I, I struggle. But you know, if there's nothing to do, it's genuinely the best thing of all time. Yeah, yeah. well, I I think that's probably in the distance now with like brand new album coming out and tours and stuff that's not going to happen for a wee while yeah that ship sailed now <laughs> definitely yeah. is, what does it feel like staring down the barrel of that like is it like fun right you got a whole new record you got a whole sort of new vibe or is it like daunting i don't know I've it's never... quite exciting really isn't it i think it doesn't it doesn't come around that often so yeah you know when you get into the bit just before an album comes out it's kind of a little bit nerve-wracking but also quite exciting it's quite a varied bit not not just touring and playing show after show you get to do different things and stuff so it's reasonably exciting time for us isn't it reasonably <laughs> <laughs> um so like at the start of every slacker podcast we do um the same thing and we just like i, I kind of go back and find like an early piece of music to to play and I, i'm gonna like play one of the, my favorite tracks off the the bedroom sessions um is it an EP? Is it a demo? Is it like, uh, I'm not sure. It's just a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you mind me playing this? Is this all right? Yeah, man. Are you happy? Right, I'll, just, I'll play it a little bit of it. Oh, I know this one. It's on the bedroom session. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the bedroom session. This is Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know we did this. Listen to those. Crank it up, man. Roll, that's a Roland electronic. Is it really? Yeah, listen to it. Listen to it. It's not even a real drum kit. Was it done in the natural bedroom then? Yeah. I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it? I wasn't in the band at this point. No, no you really joined in like yeah. December Eternal yeah. time, didn't you? This is not yeah. actually officially uh, the bedroom session. Actually, we never could. We never called it that. So kids just, just it's just named by yeah, people, was it? So, oh. right. so the, the bedroom sessions you're saying, like it's not not official. But we tried. We tried making like when we, we we thought we could we could we could record something in my bedroom, and we had some like is it pogs or pods or whatever, and, and oh, all, yeah, all like that a, stuff. Like a little line six. We thought yeah, we'll, we'll get away with it, and we very quick like very quickly realised that it would just sound so awful um, that we couldn't use it. We made we made all the packaging. We made we like handmade all these CD CDs and. Did and you have like CD burners, like old yeah, desktop? Yeah, I like used to be like CD burning whiz kid. I used to yeah. pirate old CDs. We used school. to have, like, I'm, we're about the same age and when I was used to play in my band, we used to have CD burning parties where people would bring over their desktop computers yeah. and their laptops. And, and a burning set. And everybody, like you'd have, people would be drinking Buckfast and, and burning like CDs as they would go along. I always like, pr- like pride of myself on being like, pushing it, like getting the sticker, you know, when you got the sticker that you could press on it and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Like, I, I loved getting like, Proper like when I used to sell them all, all, all pirated CDs. And I used to like do it so so well. Did you ever see the printer where you can actually print onto, onto the them? CD? I, yeah, had, yeah. I had that. Oh wow! I had that. It was only cheap. You, you, you must have been blessed. I was I was I, I saved up for it and uh, <laughs> used it for my band's EP. Yeah, a hundred CDs. Did you make the money back for Did the I fuck? No, yeah, I didn't exactly. sell any. It looked I, good. I bought like a, a an old ghetto blaster and tried to like play the CD on the ghetto blaster and sell them outside gigs. Yeah, yeah. And somebody uh, we sold about two copies and somebody came and offered me like forty pounds for the ghetto blaster and I sold that. <laughs> I thought you were gonna <laughs> so, say they offered you forty quid to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, probably wasn't far away from that. But like like that like the the bedroom sessions, like so you were recording all of that, like it was the drums don't sound live, right? No, I'm, I'm I'm quite sure on that one. It's like a Roland, like little kit. Um, You'd have to be a pretty 
decent programmer to program those style of drums because it's not like you're just like simple. That's just math. Stats, stats, like, uh, there's like dexterity and skill needs to go into the software. And oh, that's that. just Matt going alpha level. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they all got out. And we must have posted them. I think we ended up just posting one on MySpace. Mm. And uh, it was called Who Wants Flowers When You're Dead? Nobody. And I remember at the time there was also this website called uh, HardcoreMP3.com, which were like where you went to find out all these bands. And it, it were just American bands that dominated. Like Asley Dime were number one and um, Norma Jean and Poison the Well and all these stuff. Mm. And our, our demo went to number one. And, and, and you just didn't even put it out there, did you? No, well, we put it on MySpace, but yeah. it, and it sounded terrible, and it and it got to, got got to the top, and we were just I bet like, stoked. oh my god! We how were, but how does that happen? Like like how does somebody like? I mean, a million bands have like over the years put out demos, and nobody's ever gets I'm, heard like, out exactly. of their family. No, like. no, no idea, absolutely no idea. That was always a weird thing with us, like in terms of that size and scene and everything in America and everything, it was just so instant. I don't know what connected with them of that song because all these other songs on there and stuff were like well-produced, you know, sounding songs yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and all the artists that we were like ripping off basically and looking up to and, you know, so it was just mind-blowing for us. Like we were like, we were dominating this little chart. It was, <laughs> it was so cool and it, we were always like and that. What age, like what age were you when you were like getting Six, all that? Between 16, 17. Yeah. Oh man, that, that's like pinch yourself moment, isn't it? Like, because if you're up against the people that you, I bet you thought you made it at that at, point. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, just, all sorted. Yeah, you like already bought the helicopter in your head. <laughs> oh, just like it was just weird, and we were just it was just a strange time, and I think it was just we it was just as MySpace were really you know becoming that place for music, and I think people were just loving the fact that they could find new bands and stuff and. I don't know, I, I always think the only thing I can attribute to is the fact that we just made music without really thinking. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it was almost like what every other kid would have made if they got on a guitar. It, because it's that kind just, of a purity to that, isn't it? It's yeah, like, because it's just so like, no structure. <laughs> just one song's just a breakdown after a breakdown after a breakdown. It's not even like, doesn't even have a chorus, doesn't have anything. It's just, it's just it was almost like a collection of our favourite band's bits that we yeah, just yeah. Like, tried to do ourselves. <laughs> it's the greatest hits. And I think, whereas some people must be like, what is this crap? I think people who were our age and stuff and you know they were just like this this, this i want to go see this live is it, is it really weird though like when you're when you're that age you're writing music from the perspective of a fan because you're like 16 years old you're the same age as the people that are listening to your shit yeah, yeah. so like the, when you go and write albums when you're later like you know the same people stay the same age when they're into your music is that quite difficult like do you ever look, look back at it and go fuck that was just raw and like instant or do you do you try and like can that moment you know you can't can it because obviously you're always growing up and you're yeah, always getting older sure. and you're always changing so you can't and that's yeah. why we don't sound like that band anymore because uh -huh. we'd only be pretending to understand yeah because you do what, yeah. you do lose and i know kids <clears throat> are angry at, at us you know who are that age and stuff for changing as much as we've changed but they will understand when they grow up that <laughs> for most of them anyway there's, there's very few people that you know get into the 20s and and and, and and then go into the 30s and, this, and they still just love that same band because when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, that anger, that aggression, all that stuff, it's what you're going through in life. Yeah. All them confusing things, love, everything, it's all new and it's all exciting and it's just, and that music, it just, I, it, it illustrates it perfectly. So you're just like, fuck yeah, this, yeah. this rules. But as you get older, you mature and you've, you, you know, your brain don't work that way, so it is impossible, you know. I mean, I still like heavy music and fast music, and I can still appreciate it, but I can, I can only listen to like one or two songs <laughs> at a time. I could put like, 
uh, All Shall Perish on the day, and like in the song the Wage Slaves are put on, it's so sick. But if I, I couldn't get through a full album of it anymore because it's like it's like a roller coaster. Your brain's older, you get burnout. It's yeah. like it's like when you're like a, a an athlete or something, and you start like pulling hamstrings, and when you're like thirties and stuff, and you're like, you just what? want. It's fine. You just want more. You just want something else to like get your teeth into, and you want to you want to feel something mm -hmm. new. And so I think you want that diversity, and you want it to be different. And it's not it's not just energy, is it anymore? It's more no. like you want different nuanced emotion and yeah. different feelings and stuff in the music so that just I, comes as you get older i was having this conversation with somebody literally today about music that you really like as a teenager but you don't like when you're older so like for me there's almost like this like cut off point at 18 19 20 right of bands that i like when i was a teenager like i love the i love the chili peppers right like i loved like the, the early stuff the funk stuff all the way up to the sort of pop rock stuff of californication and um by the way and all the rest of it and then when you hit like 18 or 19 you're just like oh i don't like this anymore mm. and you're like the complete opposite of that like you're one of those bands that like people grow up with do you know like the bands that like liked you at the start or the majority anyway are still with you now which is like rare in the sort of scene that you grew up on yeah i guess so and i guess that's because of what we've done it's hard to say though because i guess with 32 so is most of our fan base 32? Probably not. Mm. I mean, I'd say I'd say the, the bulk of them are younger than that. So mm. obviously a lot of people have like, I think because the band's been constantly changing, you know, there's just the, the fan base, there's people have stayed obviously, but like younger people have come in, like people still hear our band and think, I uh, think people still think we're like a newish band. Mm. And it's not a new band at all, obviously, but because because the band's constantly been developing and stuff. But when you when you change like <coughs> album to album and like you take on different influences and, and different records, the last album might not have been for them. Sempaternal might might have not been for them, but um, you know, like the the ammo might be. Mm. So somebody might might hear you for on like the radio one playlist or, or in a cafe in Belgium or or, yeah, exactly. or wherever, and they're like, right. Then they're getting their first BMTH tattoo, you know, like yeah. in 2019. Someone from my village the other day, this older guy was like telling me, he was like, I listen to your new stuff and I really like it, but you know, I, I don't, I don't like any of the old stuff. I just like the new stuff. And I saw him like a week, a couple of weeks later. And he said to me, he's like, oh, I went back and I, I, I listened to, I listened to your album before. Mm. And, and I, and I, I, I liked a couple of songs, but you know, most of it was too heavy for me. And he was like, but then I listened to it some more and I was like, it, it stopped feeling as heavy. And I've realized I quite like it all. Yeah. And now I've gone back to the one before and I'm like, I'm starting to get that again. And I'm like, <laughs> this is this is what happens. That's you, mad though. Like you've got that depth of discography now that people can go back and do that. It must yeah. feel and a bit weird. So. That, I think that's why it's so cool. Like the music we make now is, can not only be like new to people, but also like a gateway because you do, don't you? Like for, for people that have never listened to rock or hard, hard music going back to an album like Suicide Season mm. would be like so jarring. but Too much, but, probably. But like our albums now that are a lot more accessible in, in the sense of melody and, you know, things sticking in your head and stuff, mm -hmm. they suddenly find themselves being more intrigued. And, and then before they know it, they, they, love, they love all this music they would never have ever imagined liking before because, because, it's, because they've almost had the hand held through it. But that's exactly yeah, the same. And like, I, I was using sort of like, like bad case an example, but Chili Peppers is the point. Like I got into them around... Californication and they were a funk band in like 1983 mm. writing awful songs that like like with socks on their dicks yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. but when a band's that good you will go back and, and find stuff you, you, and that, that almost changes your musical style because if somebody comes in and gets into your like you know like 
the last album or something, they might end up in a down a whole rabbit hole and into yeah. a whole different style of music. That's why I always think like is I like the fact that now like I could my messages can like the things I want to say I feel a, a lot more powerful because they can stick in your head, mm-hmm. not just you know. Whereas back in the day when they're screaming it all, you know, it could mean a lot to you, but it would be after repeat listens and stuff and not. Whereas now something might get stuck in your head and it, you, you almost like ponder on it. And then until you become really connected with the words and then you find yourself going down that rabbit hole and going back and realizing it's, it's the words or, you know, there's other elements of the band that you love that it's, it's, it doesn't matter that it's not a mainstream poppy song anymore. It's just like, no. I'm starting to understand who this band are. It's weird you should say that because I went through the comments on the tra- the track that we just heard, um, Medusa from the bedroom sessions, and there's a a drop in it where you just go, I can't remember the, now, now off the top of my head. It's like test or or, or something like that. You, it drops down. You say one word. Psych. Uh, psych. That's yeah. it. You say psych, and the comments below the top comment is when Ollie says psych, it gives me chills. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, that's obviously somebody who's got into you and come back to that and yeah. i always think that's a really good thing to see and it also bucks the trend that everybody in the the media is always saying oh people only like singles people only are like playlists and stuff like that and like no people are still obsessive about bands people still want you know an album they want a, a band, yeah and they want they want a like a crew like a scene something some, they can something connect to, to belong like in. Something a bit more than just like i think there is a lot of people out there right now that you know they don't just want to listen to just pop music that has like a disposable message that's just whatever's you know the flavor of the month mm-hmm. but they don't want at the same time they don't want something that they can't you know they can't connect with on any melodic sense or you know accessible sense and and they and they don't want to be that far in the world but they want they want to they want to be listen to music that you know makes them feel something more and something they can connect with and something that can help them in more than just like, this is a catchy song. And I think that, tri- that tribalism is just such, such so good for, for young people trying to find their way into the world. Mm. Like when, when we were like in school, we were the, the skater kids and everybody like skater kids weren't cool around that stage. Like we grew up in quite a rural place and we were kind of shat on by everybody else. But because we had a community of about six or seven of us in our small town meant that we stuck together. So if you shot in one of us, you shot in all of us. Mm. And I always think that like that with music is always great. Like having that sort of community based around that. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have that in your fan base, which is because which is like amazing to see because it gives yeah. pe- gives people a sort of if they're feeling lonely or feeling fucked up, especially as a teenager, I know. Yeah. Um, what was it like growing up and, and making music in Sheffield? Because I, I, I kind of like went and went through a lot of the music that's come from Sheffield and obviously we know like the sort of bigger ones like Pulp and Arctic Monkeys and stuff like that and it got me thinking going like how opposite your music even sounds to even remotely Sheffield but let me I might be completely wrong in saying that you know no but then there's not really ever been a a general vibe of of the music I don't think we're famous for indie not like Manchester where you famous for a particular movement or anything mm-hmm. you know i think we just i think if anything it's just bands doing something quite different you know like for me like i monkeys are a band that it's a songwriter's time you got people like richard hawley and jarvis cocker and yeah and, and they're always like i don't know kind of i don't like they're they're obviously part of a genre like i monkeys in there but they're kind of like an indie band for people who are not interested in there do you know what i mean mm. and like they're all just like you know it's it's all a bit weird. <laughs> so I think it's all a bit like, just not like there's something a bit like different 
and out out of the out, out of the box to to most of the acts. And I think we were as as we started becoming a band that were, you know had some kind of future. I think we were like that's what we want to do as well. Not just because we're looking at Sheffield going, that's what Sheffield does, but. You do feel that energy you there. Know, did you ever have that thing? Like I know a lot of like my friends' bands had. Like they wanted to be the biggest band in Northern Ireland or the biggest band on the Belfast scene, but never really had that ambition to like sort of go out and take over the world. Whereas it was bands like say Two Door Cinema Club. They came up at the same time as me and were from where I'm from, and they never give a shit about playing in Belfast really. And I think we were always they they were like we want to do it all over the world. We're not bothered about here. We were always really hated by. Chef, like, by our hometown, the hometown hated us. So well, this played, is, you were coming up the same time as like the Arctic Monkeys, right? Mm. So like, w w were they the sort of like poster boys, and you were like the sort of the naughty kids, almost like? The I don't know. Arctic Monkeys were one of the bands that I didn't realize were big until it were like in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just yeah, remember yeah. like went to school with them, went to college with them, knew them all, and that, and I just never heard them until like one day they were on like the news. It was like. <laughs> just sold out they've yeah. just sold out this band this band from Sheffield have just sold out um like Brixton or something yeah, yeah. in London which is massive for band. all they got it's like a demo and do you know what I mean I was yeah. like and I remember being quite angry I was like monkeys like, yeah, I was so what? jealous yeah like, and, uh, we're better than them <laughs> I would just I would, yeah I was just jealous were you man. in class with any of them like did you they were a year them? above me they were a year above yeah. you um so yeah just and then we were for some reason I don't know I, I think people just not jealous of us, but we just we just had that thing where we couldn't have a good hometown show for ages. Yeah. Um, what's it What's it like when you go back and play? Chelsea it's sick now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wicked. Yeah. Like, like, do you get like do you get like your sort of relatives and all the rest like coming oh, down? Do we? Just, just a bit. Huh? Just we a bit. That's yeah. The Sheffield shows. Are that's the. Worst Does anybody worst actually pay into your Sheffield shows? No. Nah. Like, is everybody a third cousin? It's fifty percent crowd and fifty percent fan. Yeah, <laughs> makes the numbers up. There's always going to be a sellout. No, um, it's carnage with the family when there's a hometown show. They just get so excited. Have you ever seen any of your family in the pit? Yeah, yeah. Seen I've seen yeah I've seen people shunt me in the pit in the pit because <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something there's something to that because like everybody's got a, got a crazy uncle that like loved Motorhead or, or whatever back in the day or dad yeah still thinks or stepdad yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah or mom or sister or cousin there's always so I, the last show we played in London it's our accountant's husband oh yeah he was in we the just pit. stood to the left and I was like and I'm like, I must be tripping. What are you doing? Here? He was like, <laughs> <laughs> had his thumbs up, just like loving it. It's yeah, like, he's exactly. People just get so excited, man. You, you, everyone comes to a, this kind of gig that they would never come to otherwise. Yeah, there's loads of free booze and before, the, bo yeah, this, the booze is the catalyst, isn't it? Really. But what about like the younger members of the audience? Like they're they they like say like the 13, 14 year olds that come to the show. Their their dad or mum has to come with them. Like surely it's at some point like the dad's had a beer or two and he's like right. Well, I'm gonna show these kids how it's done. I think we've got no elbows in the pit. I think we've got a lot of fans that way. I think a lot of yeah parents come just you know supervising, and then and then before they know it, the you know the we do we do see that a lot, to, don't we? Subjected no. to the CD. And <laughs> yeah. the gig so much that they, it, you know, they start to like it. You do get like <laughs> it's like Stockholm syndrome, and then you get that. <laughs> yeah. You get that way. You're like, oh, can you meet my kids? But you can see the parents waiting. The kids like, I'm over this. Yeah. I don't like you guys anymore. Yeah. I'm just my mom. I went through all of the genres that have been described. That you guys have been described as. And I've written you got all, future all pooping time. liquid on there. Yeah, so uh, do you know what? I probably missed that. A couple, you wouldn't have got that. To be one. fair, that was a German one. Right. Tell me if I've missed any. out, okay. 
Right, metal, metalcore, grindcore, emo, dubstep, electronica, alt rock, hardcore punk, pop rock, electronic rock, technical metal, new metal, melodic metal, post rock, prog rock, classical, pop metal, and death metal. You've missed crap. Yeah. Shit. Pile of shit. <laughs> Future pooping liquid Future is, pooping is our favourite one. We, that, what what not, is it? Future pooping liquid. We got we got described as future pooping liquid when we released Sempaternal. That was like one of our first reviews. Yeah. Described uh, Can You Feel My Heart as future pooping liquid, uh, which I think means like liquid diarrhea from the future. Yeah, like from, the future. Future. <laughs> from the past. But that maybe liquid diarrhea, like we've ran future out of fossil fuels liquid, by so. that stage and that the only fuel is Future pooping, future pooping liquid. I proper got it though, that one. One of my, I, I like, I connected with it. Like, yeah. I can imagine like, that was Sempaternal, I think. It was Can You Feel My Heart. And I could, I could, pro- I could proper. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. See you, like, I can getting, imagine this metalhead listening to Can You Feel My Heart and going, this is just some future pooping liquid this this is just just nonsense like just so was it was like, one of those ones that you actually like yeah because like, this was like, so yeah, good yeah. i was like it's great i get it like, it's like when you first heard the justin timberlake future sex love sounds it's, it's got like that kind of this is just future pooping liquid. <laughs> has there ever been one that's like really wind you up over over the years yeah but i'm gonna get wound up if we talk yeah all so. oh, right fair, no, no, we, we fair, fair. some some but we, we, we try and avoid them don't we? it's just when the i guess it's what is when the I think going to anything past like a two-worded genre, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. if you need anything more than metalcore, or, yeah. you know, it's just getting silly. Like, two words do, is the cutoff. Yeah. Do, do you Who s- describes us as classical, by the way? Because yeah. we're definitely not classical. That's the one I would say we're not classical. Yeah, well, because we did that one classical show. classical in- influences. Oh, okay. I think well, people just like got such a broad like view of like, if rock music is slightly more poppy, it's like, that's just edgy Maroon Five. That yeah, it's not like it's. You saw that it's one. So though. broad, yeah. I yeah. saw that one too. But what about when people like use? Because obviously your music's moved forward so so much in like the last couple of years. When people like throw about like genres like like metalcore still at you or like deathcore uh, or whatever. People do like, it all the time. People, really people say oh, music. they used to be metalcore, but then then they went. But then Sempaternal's like melodic. 
uh, metal corn. It must be so confusing to be your PR officer. Like, <laughs> what is this? Just, like, like, just makes listen you, to the album. It makes you think, like, we don't, I don't even know what these... What this, year, this shit doesn't even cross our mind. Yeah, of I mean? course it doesn't. I guess people who listen to it are just like, and I, and what, like how can I, compl- how can I classify this? Like, like, yeah, who sits down to make a record and make something creative and go, okay, so track twelve is going to be post Edwardian funk crunk. Well, you'd be and, a lot of bands in like metal, a lot of bands in metal genres very much like like metalcore. Yeah, there's there's still bands releasing like metalcore albums now that are literally like metalcore. This is a metalcore album, one to ten. Yeah, metalcore. There's nothing interesting in being able to like when you know the template. It's like trap, like a lot of trap songs. I'm really bored of the genre kind of now because like you know where the drop's gonna be, where everything's gonna be. You can yeah. almost like put four tracks on top of each other, make them the same <clears> speed. Yeah, exactly. And they're just out of key. It's like music for DJs, but it's not particularly interesting to yeah. make. Just funny because get, you, you get a, like you get a title that you never even wanted anyway, <laughs> and then like you betray def, it. That deathcore, like yeah. I remember when that first came about, it just sounded so. I cring- don't even know what that is. Sounded so cr- cringy. Yeah. I guess it's meant to be like death metal, death cross metal. the hog. Either yeah. way, it was just like cringy, not a title we ever wanted. But now people like to say like, you know, you're not you're not worthy of the title deathcore. Like <laughs> like they're taking it back off as like we ever wanted it in the first place, and it's just yeah. So. Like you were in different acts before you were in Bring the Horizon. You, like, what was the band that you were in before? I was in a band called Worship. Yeah, yeah. And you toured. You guys like toured together? No, no. no? I was just a fan. And yeah, let's see. He was our only fan, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> was it as easy as that? Um, I, I don't. Yeah, it just just heard us by chance, didn't you? Really, and and then we were gonna su- we were like gonna sign to Ollie was gonna do a record label with Sony and we were going to sign to them and then that didn't happen and then it was, the the band was just not quite not quite going to happen in the end so isn't that the like the classic record label boss thing going guys love the band if you could just get rid of him 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 and him yeah. and we'll keep him <laughs> yeah. you join our band yeah and then we'll get massive <laughs> the record label never really existed yeah, yeah it was exactly. just a big ruse that's yeah. a severe Svengali move Ollie yeah. <laughs> nah we just I, I guess we just we connected over you know i'd just come out of rehab and i was really wanting to you know, i loved worship and i i really want to support i wanted to put my energy into something mm. and the label was the idea um but i also said to him when we when we do our albums we always get someone into program and stuff because none of the band are very experienced in yeah. that and i said we do this would you be up for it and we just clicked and as much as much as i was trying to help worship you know go get bigger and do something with them uh, it was it was obvious like within a week or two really wasn't it it yeah, wasn't it wasn't it wasn't even a conversation you know it was just telekinetic yeah, yeah it was just going it was going so well and like you know all, all, all my focus was was on that for the foreseeable future yeah i kind of didn't realize like jordan was thinking this way i thought like because we were making all this music and jordan yeah. was taking a bigger and bigger part in like writing with me and lee and um making the songs and i and i was just so focused on that i didn't even really like think about what jordan were thinking and one day he was just like are you gonna play all this live and i was like i don't think he ever really asked me to join the band <laughs> officially it was kind of just it was like one of them like weird like go on i think we might i think i was gonna join man i think we might have had like a conversation where it was like that was literally it you went are you gonna play this live and i yeah. was like well usually there's an ipod minute yeah um <laughs> And that's not going to cut it, is it? Mm. And you were like, no. And, and to be honest, it was like it weren't. I weren't thinking it, but at the same time, like worship were like my, honestly like my favorite band. And uh, like I was like, I just didn't think about even tearing them apart. And then yeah. like 
I remember Jordan like kind of like I, I thought oh, he's, is he is he fishing here? Kind of hinting. And then I went and told I said like I think Lee just said we should we should we should nick him. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> it's funny you said that because we're. He, he kind of mentioned like the idea of playing with us and stuff and the I, me- I remember having a conversation where it was kind of like it's a bit like flirting you know what i mean it was like <laughs> it was like it was like well you're in a you're in a band and i was like yeah well you know but you know mm. it's you know, it was kind of a little bit of Had like the band a, finished by the time you joined no but i mean it was it was it was on it, its was, way. it was on its way like yeah, our, yeah, our, yeah. our singer like was umming and ahhing about whether he even wanted to do it. Yeah, sure. And and the drummer, it was kind of really me and the me and the singer, but mostly me driving the whole thing anyway. So, so it was it was my I think it was my prerogative to stop anyway. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I think that would have been my call anyway. So, yeah, I didn't have any problems with it. It was on its last legs, and 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 the stuff we were making, I was just really excited about. And I, to be honest with you, the main thing for me was like, I didn't enjoy the the process at all with that band like writing yeah it wasn't a fun process for me and like i was really enjoying the writing process so i kind of just tried to even though it wasn't necessarily it wasn't a a musical genre that i'd like dabbled in for quite a while Mm -hmm. um i felt like what we were making was going to be was was really exciting and different and also i was just enjoying the process so that was a nice feeling for me because i was like oh this is actually fun and that's kind of the most should be the most important thing i think because if you feel like it's just coming out easy and fun rather than being like a constant like you might have problems yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's gone like, now obviously you were talking about like the process of like writing the songs and stuff and what what, what i've noticed well what i've read sorry is like you, you you go away it's like a little holistic retreat in my head and i mean this is what i imagine yes, you, always, you always go away anything but, holistic. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you you go away somewhere and get away from like the world to write write these records we didn't so much do that this time, did we? We kind of this time we kind of did the opposite, really. We just did it at Ollie's place in Sheffield. We it's wrote kind it of by, there. by the bedroom sessions, take two. Yeah, yeah. It, it pretty much is. Yeah, the study sessions. Yeah. What's it? What's it like making a like writing those songs at your house? Because like, I I work from home all the time and I go nuts if I have to stay spend more than three days in the house. We didn't. We built a place above yeah, above drop dead drop dead where Ollie's uh, clothing company is. We sure. built we built like an apartment kind of studio thing. So. It was somewhere where we could all kind of hang out and uh, drop in and out and stuff if we wanted to, but there was also like no pressure for people to be there or not be there. Because obviously during the writing process, there's like there's times when we want to record vocals and not everyone want, needs to be yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You don't want the, the whole band hanging about during the whole yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes it can be a bit embarrassing. Yeah, like, I've, 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 sometimes I've, for me, if I'm trying to make some stuff, you know, it it can be a bit. Have Make, everyone over your shoulders. Yeah, like. just just because so I have to sometimes I have to do a lot of like shit stuff before I get anything good, and that I, process can be. I a bit guess a lot of you are the a lot of the band are probably really good at PlayStation now. Yeah, I, yeah. I always get that vibe because like when we we used to record in like a sort of emptied out council house that wasn't meant to be a studio but was anyway. Yeah, and as soon as I'd recorded my bass parts, I was out, out of there like, fuck, like that. Like, there's no, I don't sing and I don't write the songs. I'm hired goon. I'm just going to sit downstairs and play FIFA the whole time. Yeah. What was the what, what was the game that you had going on? FIFA. I'm, to be honest, they didn't play FIFA too much, did they? I mean, everyone everyone kind of... It, it, it just kind of happens naturally, I think. Like, you know, if, if we need to record vocals and stuff, people just dip out. Yeah, exactly. And stuff like that. But yeah, FIFA would probably be our game of choice, to be honest. I want to talk about the... Like what what it's like touring with you guys now, in comparison to like what it used to be like in, at at the start. Because I've never seen you. I've seen you guys play, like play loads now, but I I, know, I wasn't. I was back in Northern Ireland. Didn't have a penny to my name, so I never got to see you like play those first shows. What was it like turning up to 
like album one two tour really depended on the night you came to see us really yeah was it like what was there like a massive difference would you like kill it one night and then shit the other night or what yeah, it's depending on the rider really <laughs> how much booze there was you know, yeah and yeah i mean i don't think we ever played tight but so when when you when you guys like kick, when you guys kick the booze like the, does that mean is that when you started to like really get tight with we haven't kicked the booze completely. <laughs> we haven't yeah. kicked the booze completely we're more we're consistent now aren't we i think pretty i mean much. Uh, the i mean the first album second album i don't even know i can't even say we there were a point where it was just like it didn't even like we had no idea what we were even playing do you know what i mean because <laughs> we were just like getting absolutely sloshed and then they were a bit where like let's take a bit more serious but you'd still drink but it was but would you not get in like loads of trouble with like your promoters your manager or whatever we not didn't just have go, any. like that was shit we didn't have man we didn't have managers but, but like but who was putting the foot down because there's always somebody like no one there's somebody in the band that'll be like that's the problem guys, that was crap or like wasn't your mom like managing the band for a bit would you not like oh boys pull yourselves together okay my mom came and she went i don't think you should drink again before you play and i just went fuck off <laughs> 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 and that was <were> it <laughs> We never spoke about it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, so we had to, like, <laughs> it was weird. That w when we started playing at, like, 17 or whatever, it was uh, 17, 18 for the po points of the podcast and the legality. Um, it was the four pint maximum. You weren't allowed to have any more than four pints. Four pints? Uh, yeah, quite well, a lot. exactly. This is, but we were really shit. And it went down to three, went down to two, went down to one. And then it got to the point where we were, I wasn't drinking before I went on stage, but I bought, brought a bottle of wine on the stage with me and drank it the whole way through my set. So I was sober during the set, but by the time I, I got off stage, That's what I, do. I was absolutely shit-faced. And I was I on, drinking, on level Tactical drinking else. throughout is, is the best, because then you can, if you're having a good one, you can time it so that just at the end of the set, you're like nicely, <laughs> nicely <laughs> drunk. Completely on everybody else's like wave. I'm the only one who does I that. I mean, though. I wouldn't suggest it to anybody listening to this podcast. Because like, uh, we had to go through the fucking hard You don't drink often, do you? I very really? Sometimes I'll treat myself, but it's a very rare thing. Like, I think the reason I do it is because I get so fucking anxious. I'm, I get yeah. really nervous before shows. So like having just a, a drink helps me helps me feel helps me like perform a but bit what that's about, what i tell myself if you do anyway. like 50 dates or something like that surely that, the anxiety you have on date 50 yeah, yeah that's it sometimes i'll just mix up and go you know i'm gonna grab a couple of glasses for prosecco or something. <laughs> it was a prosecco rock and roll yeah, yeah. whereas i'll mix up and every so often i'll go you know what? i might not drink for this one but like do like so nine red bulls and yeah stuff. yeah you might not be like hard on yourselves back in those days but who's like hard on you now if you're if you like bomb a show or do you even do we don't bomb we don't Did bomb shows but and it would be ourselves yeah, yeah. it would be ourselves yeah the, it all revolves around the gig now and, yeah. and we all feel that way as well like we're not I've, I've, I've watched bands play live before where I think and if I'm backstage or you know there I think I'm about to see a bit of a bust up or you know and, and you they see just the come side off eye, you see the singer or the guitarist side eye and the drummer or yeah, the yeah. or whatever and the side eye like when you well, it just feels class, like it, 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 it feels horrendous it feels like a bad show but they come off and it's like it's, it's not a bad it wasn't yeah, a bad great. show they don't say it was a great show but all, everyone comes off like it were and that's not us you know we analyze not analyze but we talk about the show every single night yeah we ca i think we care for, for the size of our band like we care way more than most bands do like our drummer especially like if he's like missed something he'll be like that's like it, that i'll chin. come i'll come off before like halfway through we'll have a like a little gap and he'll be like furious yeah, yeah. like actually angry at himself 
Yeah, we won't know. Yeah, that's we'll not a good idea. That will no. make him angry. He'll <laughs> yeah. punch me. But yeah, I think I think that's on you know most people. Most people when they get to when they've been playing for fifteen years and stuff, they, they, they're happy to phone it in, and, and it, it doesn't mean that much to them. But that's good though. It sounds like I'm bullshitting, but it, the, no, it, the, it, for it, us, the shows are really really important, and we all we all not just important, but a buzz that you you know it's like it, like like skydiving or like surfing a wave and like you know if you catch that wave and you and, and you go with it it's just such a elating like amazing <clears> feeling you know if you're hitting notes and the crowd are going mental or stuff it is it's it's, it's, it's just it? as much for us as it is for them where it's like yeah you get that and you're like you just come off thinking well, I'm, I'm so cool and yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, but what does it so take to get to that moment is it like the stars aligning where like you no, the right, just, right energy in the room and doing the right shit yourself well the, 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 the harder you work at it and the better you the tighter you are and the better the more you've thought about your production and your performance and everything that all that that stuff gives you better you know, increases your odds of having good shows every night obviously so even if we have even if we have a show i think where it's like not necessarily the best vibe in the room or something mm. they're, they're always good shows yeah you know we're I still mean? like we're, we're still happy that we you know we've give we've given the audience the money's yeah, worth exactly. and, yeah. you, you want to come off having given it everything yeah exactly but, but every so often we'll have a show where it'll just be like you just have that feeling like this one is a this one is a special one or whatever you guys had the best support in your last tour it was ridiculous like you guys know how to pick a support like you had fever 333 and you had yonica mm. and like when i saw that on paper i was like fuck mm. like the support but the support system of like how you guys got up and and how you're bringing people up is really it's genuinely really important isn't it yeah like like <laughs> what, what what was like the support tour that sort of like helped you get to like what was the sort of one that helped break you into like a sort of bigger audience uh, all our supports <laughs> you just got bottled up we were i remember someone i think it was my uh, metal hammer or someone called this uh, uh dial of support because we we're always like <laughs> we always got that in there at last minute as just some as support for all these bands that definitely like i remember we did like kill switch engage and and like like that machine uh, machine head tour and stuff like that and when you didn't feel like they they wanted you there well, no they didn't want us yeah but <laughs> they would just bore your dead pulled out and they, they were, we were best they could find it like, short uh, always the we bridesmaid like, never the bride <laughs> you, can you, can, you can imagine their management saying oh you know these guys you might not like them but they've got, you know, got yeah, a big, exactly buzz, about, a big buzz about them oh, like yeah. rolling eyes fucking uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever we'll do it this one what time's dinner yeah. <laughs> but what like what, what's it like turning up at a show where you know that the audience isn't yours and you're the support band because like with with rock but specifically metal audiences if they if you're not their brand then they're going to let you know about it right well, I think like for us, we always saw it as an important thing to do because like we needed to break, you know, we need, if you're just always playing to crowds that like you, you're not really going to get much bigger, are you? Mm. And you need to like, you know, <laughs> the, like some of those shows, yeah, probably 95% of the crowd hated us. But even if, you know, even if you're taking away 10 fans, because then they, they spread and, you know, and... I think one thing no one can argue with us is that we th we've always stuck to our guns and we're still here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, some exactly. people You've almost like a lot of people with most, that. Almost just like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> like, they've, they've, they've done it. I can't be asked to fight fight them on this anymore. Yeah, but like, and but yeah, I mean, it was it was f not fun. You know, like there's a certain aspect of negativity when you know having to like deal with a crowd like that. But at the same time, it was like it built character, made our skin very thick. So. You know, if it feels like you know, I mean, I I strongly believe we've played to some of the you know, some shows where I don't I can't imagine a band having any worse of a reaction. I mean, like when you say a bad reaction, are you like what are people like just constant 
onslaught of objects being thrown. Of how do you how kinds. do you deal with that? You must be like um, Neo Neo or Neo from uh, Matrix now, like you know, bending backwards and they're like throwing bottle tops. <laughs> just, and just, yeah, like, I would just <laughs> take piss back or like, on that machine head tour. I would just like this song's called "We're Playing with Your Favorite Band" and you're never gonna do it and just shit like that. <laughs> this song's called "We're Getting Paid Ten Thousand." That's just fucking adding fuel to the fire. We're getting know? paid like, ten thousand ten thousand pounds for every song we play tonight. This song and people were just going absolutely <laughs> livid, like just going wild and we but were just, then, like. Yeah, I kind of don't feel sorry for you now. Like if if somebody's like throwing a glass of something, but that's obviously that's obviously you yeah, know. I don't, say, I don't say I don't say that if the crowd are all like, Woo, yeah, you know, yeah. Was, I say it when people are throwing camera phones at, <laughs> at our drummer. And that's I mean that's pretty. Like there's a lot well, of there's there a lot of creative creative decisions there's going a lot into of some of stuff that when throwing your phone. Yeah, at somebody like you really must, you must really hate him. Yeah. You must really just like bags of sawdust and bananas, kebab sauce bottles. Honestly, some of the stuff. Where's someone getting a kebab sauce bottle in a venue? I've always brought it with them. Onto hot dog standing. (laughs) (laughs) I went through a period of 2006 of like you know the shoeies where you like take your take your shoe off and you just fire it at the band, but you don't do it as a a we hit the band. It's almost like a have my shoe. Have my shoe. I I always wondered about you. Love you guys. Have my shoe. Yeah, that 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 was. was Why would they want your shoe? I don't know. Is that what you do? Because I always just thought someone lost it. There was a shoey moment in 2006 because like you could buy. Everybody was wearing those like white plimsolls from Primark. Yeah, yeah. they were only like three pound anyway. So, but so, what do you do when? How do you get home? Do we just walk home with one shoe off? That's don't mental. You? I always feel like come off in crowd That's surfing weird. or something. I don't think someone like a choice on a badge. Yeah. I watched. I went to see Mac DeMarco play in the Roundhouse about a year and a half ago, and you know Mac DeMarco's music, like it's quite croonery and stuff. And I watched him stage dive, and it's, you know it's quite it's quite slow and melodic and stuff and. I watched him. I've never because I maybe it's because I was up top in the roundhouse and I was looking down. I saw him torn apart. They tore his clothes off him, his shoes off. Oh, you've had that, haven't you? He was basically on stage and he was fucking annoyed. He was like, he was like, "Who's took my shoes? They're the only ones I've got on <laughs> yeah. tour." I've, I've had, definitely had that when I beg for my shoes back. You've had, you've had a shirt ripped off before. Yeah, I've had I've had shoes and I've had my wedding ring. What? When in uh, somewhere in Asia, wasn't it? I jumped in the crowd after the show. Like, as soon as we finished, I jumped in. Yeah. And like, like kind of was like lying like that. I, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I was like kind of lying <laughs> on my back with my hands and legs out. And everyone was like grabbing at my hands. Uh-huh. And then, and then I, f- I, I couldn't get my, I felt someone like on my wedding ring pulling that's, it off. That's and so, I couldn't, because there was so, so many people holding my hand, I'm assuming like I couldn't lift my hand away and it just pulled off my wedding ring. Did they get it? They like, got my wedding ring. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I, I got down and I went to it. I like had to get like super serious. I was like, everyone get the fuck back. I was like, someone's taken my fucking wedding ring. So it's been pulled off my finger. Cause these are like Asian people. So I don't even know if they could, un- if they spoke English or whatever. Yeah, but I was yeah. just like, I need to find my wedding ring. Like basically like, I didn't this know. This could if- be like a really creative lie where you've just lost it and you had to go home and like say, <laughs> no, yeah, it was a much yeah, yeah, I mean, I lost th- it. And then after Mosh about, pit. after about 20 seconds, this yeah. kid like gave it back to me. And I think it was, I think he'd taken it. You've got a festival you're like headline at all points east in london and this summer and going back to like the sort of curation thing that i was like talking about earlier on about like you guys know how to pick a support group the lineup of this is fucking ridiculous who have you got on it uh we've got run the jewels <coughs> run the jewels yeah we've got oh who else have we got have we got Yonaka on it again? I think you've got Yonaka. We've got Yonaka. Mm-hmm. We've got nothing but thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scarlord. Scarlord. It's a cool mm. lineup. Yeah. Like, did did you get the sort of opportunity of just being able to lick your finger and stick it in there and go, "We love these bands. We want to get these on." Yeah, I mean, we got to curate it all, and 
obviously we had just put out the bounds that were like all oh, groups so and like this would be sick i guess we're also partly thinking about like what would work with our fans it's trying to find a, a middle bit and the middle ground of like what what they what the, what we could bring over from yeah like I, i'm i'm begging to like scarlord he's like a kid from birmingham he's like got this like mask on and he's mm -hmm. like his stuff is just heavy yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty wild and run the jewels as well man like you can get them over it's just brilliant yeah they're sick we went to see them live and i, I mean I, i'm not i don't know anything about hip-hop or anything like that but i really i like i like how they do it i yeah. think it's it's mostly like stuff that's got like good energy live yeah so we wanted to like try and not just do like metal rock acts but yeah. also, but have everything that's going to kind of fit with the same energy it's, it's going to be the loudest festival that london has seen at that time of the year in mm. an inner city festival for if, a, if we're allowed to make it for loud, yeah. The, yeah if you're allowed to make it legally loud, like those like inner city festivals always have to have a certain like db level. Yeah, db limit yeah yeah we'll but I, I reckon like our, the lineup of it's incredible your record like the uh, that's the spirit came out in 2015 yeah. well, i think i got, when did it come out was it towards the end of 2015 september the yeah i think i like listened to it a lot for about six months I was, I was, it was the only rock actually throne was the only like rock song i was playing in my dj sets at that point because i was playing loads of grime music yeah. but it was 140 bpm so like it, oh, it, i used to like mix it in and out and I bet it went down I, like a lead well balloon. i never got any books in since yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, i'm like i genuinely i'm very excited about the the new record because the last one felt so it felt like a fucking great piece of work that was like that stuck together like I, i've it's very rare i can sit through a whole record Oh. I'm, I'm wondering where like, like yeah, I you haven't heard, heard it then no i haven't heard it like oh. i haven't got like a, a pre-listen or, or anything like that and i don't really mind that either like i'll hear it when it's out um but what what have you been listening to like uh, has has it changed like are, are you like building on this yeah it's very different i guess it's it's way more varied and 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 crazy i think Mm, yeah. Crazy as they come. It's totally crazy. <laughs> it's balls to the wall. What, what, what makes a crazy? What makes a crazy record? You got like some pan types. <coughs> well, it's on quite there. hard to pin down what kind of a genre it is. I think. But that's 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 kind of good. Yeah. I kind of I like that. I think so. That, it's hard to talk about, isn't it? Because we've just been talking about it a lot. That's what, that's what I liked about the 1975 record. I'm like not into all their records, but the last one. I'm the same. The last yeah, one had too. so many different styles yeah, yeah. on I it. I love that. I love that new one. Yeah, yeah the, it's really sick. It, it had like in the middle of it, it almost had a song that felt like it could have been off like OK Computer, like yeah, that sort of robotic voice to it and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, I, I love yeah. those like texture pieces on records. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's sick, man. You yeah, might, you might like ours then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, it. Did remind me in the way we we'd approached it, to be honest. And um, it's just hard because I think like I think you just got to listen to it because yeah. there isn't a song on the record that really represents the record. So like trying to like go too on and say oh, it's so experimental and all this stuff, it, it is. But then at the same it time, that doesn't mean that there's not songs like Medicine or Mother Tongue where they're just the pop songs. You mm. know the the the, the pop influenced rock songs and stuff. So it's just but then there's just stuff on there that doesn't sound like even a smidgen's like anything we've ever done so it's um do you go into it like thinking about album tracks singles and stuff like that because like you can't we know we need to have some you need yeah. you know you need to like to have singles like but yeah, like yeah. do you like is it very obvious from the very beginning where you're like going oh shit right that's that's a single sometimes i mean not. we didn't intend wonderful life to be a single that's kind of ended up becoming like a, a sort of single so yeah yeah it's 
I guess sometimes you know when one's catchy and stuff, but then there's others that you're like, this could be a single, but we want to take it in a completely different direction. Yeah, we want to give it the freedom to be whatever it needs to be rather yeah. than trying. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of rules when you're making a single. Like you don't have like labels breathing down your neck. Or no, we're hits. We're no. the hits. I mean, maybe maybe they would if we weren't. But we're you know. We know we we know what we want to want to do and need to do. Do you know what I mean? And I think well, you've proved it. By the having stage. singles and stuff like that is just a necessary part of, of being in a band these days yeah. and stuff. You've got plus to have, we like we do enjoy that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of writing we, singles. We, we do like it. It's Show not, me somebody who doesn't like a big song. We're right? not doing it because we want to. We know we need to sell out. We're doing it because for for a bunch of reasons. You know, you got to to be a to be an artist in a band. You kind of have to you got, you have to have something that can connect with a wider audience, but. The, but at the same time, it gives, and at the same time, it gives you freedom to do stuff that, to to go further. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just make it like somewhere in, in the middle. And I think that's what this this record does more than any other. So like those like actors that like they'll do an indie movie. It's like one for one for them, one for one for me kind of vibe. Oh, no, or, or they'll just derive pleasure and you know playing a playing a Marvel star and also you mm. know doing like <clears> a, a like a film that really speaks to one. They can really get their teeth into, and I think that's what this record's like for us. It's like. The sum, <clears throat> we, 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 we do derive pleasure from all those aspects. We, you know, we like the challenge of writing a pop, pop, song, pop song without oh. any help, without any producers, without any writers, without any single. That must be mad though. Like you're probably one of the only bands that are like on that Grammy list that haven't had a list of definitely 500 yeah. writers in it. Yes. We are so, the yeah. best. We are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for giving me some time in this sort of hectic period but um, I can't wait to get my teeth into the record and good luck with the tours the millions of things that are coming up for the for nice the one man cheers, cheers mate thanks for having us hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.